If a man don't have himself together by the time he gets 50, you want to look for somebody else. I'm going to just tell you that right off. I don't care how cute he is. So I told my daughters, we don't do Dutch when you go out. You don't go out Dutch. When some guy want to take you out, if he can't afford to feed you, don't go with him. Don't go Dutch even if you want to. Just make him pay. I don't, I'm kind of in between jobs right now. Well, if he's in between jobs, you ought to be in between phone numbers. This is Jerry G. Martin, and welcome to the Light of the World. If you are a man, I want you to pay close attention to these messages. After the broadcast, be sure to stay tuned for some exciting things that we have coming up this weekend. In fact, it's not just for men, it's for the whole family. After this message today, we're going to share with you how you can come and be a part of what we're doing right here where your whole family can have a blessed time. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 says, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Well, let me just share with you, for those of you who've just read that or who are listening to that and in your mind is saying, what? That's what you're saying. I already heard it all the way up here. <laughs> After singling out the other groups of believers, Christian household slaves, and exhorting them to be submissive to their masters and to patiently endure unjust punishment, Peter addresses another class of Christian here, and that are the Christian wives who had unsaved husbands. Look at what he says. Wives in the same way. Be submissive to your own husband so that if any of them do not believe the word. Wives be in the same way. In the same way, be submissive to your own husband. What way is that? The expression in the same way refers back to the two previously mentioned examples of submission. Submit to the governing authorities. Submit to the masters, we talked about that, the household slaves and their masters, it wasn't a support of slavery. He's saying, we're not arguing about the institutions or the way things are set up. We're saying, if you're in that situation, this is how you need to function. And then he says, wives, in the same way, be submissive to your own husband. I was thinking about that this morning. I says, am I going to stand up there and say, wives, submit to your husbands, have them looking at me funny? I said, yes. How many of you have children? Do you want your children to submit to you or not? Anybody do not want your children to be submissive to the mother 
you want them to be submissive. This is not an order of who has equality. It has an order of God's role for marriage and the functioning of those roles within the marriage context. Somebody got to be in charge. Somebody has to be the ultimate in charge. Now, you may not be in charge in our society, but God has an order of who he holds in charge. God holds the man in charge. And if any man would think, well, that's great, submit to me. Well, man, you, need, you, be, you are to be submissive to Christ, and he's going to hold you in charge. When Adam and Eve sinned, God showed up that evening. He did not ask for Eve. He says, Adam, where are you? He said, I ain't worried about Eve. I'm talking about the one I put in charge. How'd you let this happen? And then what are you going to do? You do like the guys now. That woman you gave me. <laughs> it was that woman. And the woman said, no, it was a snake. The poor snake, what? He didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> so inferiority by the woman is not implied in this passage. It's a mission is one of a role of function necessary for the orderly operation of the home and family. You can't have two people in charge. That really puts a, a responsibility on the one that's in charge. They're the one that's in charge. And if things don't go well in the home, I always point to the man. I say, you, you, you're the one that's in charge. Why? And he wants to say, well, you know that woman. I say, no, you chose her. That's the one you picked. That's the one you said, hey, baby. Hey, baby. <laughs> you said that. You picked her. So you don't, if you don't know how to pick them, you're still in charge. You're still responsible. You're the one that said, hey, we need to get together. We need to get together. Give me those number. Let me call you. Let's go out. Let's, let's, let's hook up. You did that. So you picked her. If she ain't no good, you're still responsible because you picked a no good one. So don't put it on her. You want to submit so that, here's the primary reason for your submission. If any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over. Here's a question. Jesus Christ submitted himself to the will of the Father, even to death on the cross, that you and I could be saved. He submitted. He didn't have, he came down from his, his heavenly authority and his place in heaven and submitted to the will of the Father. Not my will, Lord, that your will be done so you and I could be saved. Would you submit to the authority of your husband even to the death of your pride in order that he may be saved? Peter gives the instructions on what to do. Then he gives the instructions on how to do it, women. He says, if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. Not words, but behavior. And he's saying, listen, don't just try to talk him into it by just your words. Don't nag him. All you got to do is read what Solomon said about the uh, nagging wife. He says, a nagging wife is like a dripping faucet. That's what he says in the book of Proverbs. He says, a man would rather be in the desert than to be in the house with a contentious woman. He said, a man would rather go up on the rooftop 
by himself than to be in the house with a nagging woman. <laughs> Brother Ray just woke up. I didn't even know he was alive. I was waiting for the ch church to be over. We were going to call the man and say, come check him out. He says, by the wife's behavior, not by her words. When a wife is first saved, you know, you want your husband to come to the Lord as well. And she's often frustrated when he doesn't find the joy and the excitement and what has happened in her life. And she wants him to be saved and he's not that interested. So you have a couple of things. Sometimes you have a woman who's saved, and then she goes and marries someone who's unsaved with the hope that she's going to get him saved. I'm going to work on it, Pastor. I believe this is the one the Lord has for me. Uh, he, he goes to church. Well, he's going to church since he met you. You know, and he goes to church, and the pastor says, let's turn to the book of Genesis chapter 1, and then he's in the table of content. Genesis. <laughs> Genesis. That's a sign. You need to wonder about that. He don't go to church that often. Sometimes you, you marry a man that's unsaved. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So if he's not saved and you are, you might want to wait. You might pray for him to get saved, uh, good and saved. Because sometimes men will get saved just to marry you. They'll cut an onion, they'll cry, and then they'll... Uh, <laughs> You know, I know I, I know I need God in my life. I know I need God. I feel so much better now. Three weeks after you saved, you wonder what happened to him. He didn't get saved, okay? He got you. He didn't get saved. But sometimes uh, you have a husband and wife, they're both unsaved. And the wife gets saved. And then she wonder. Why, what's wrong with her husband? Nothing's wrong with him. He, w he was what you had when you got him. He didn't change. You changed. So you shouldn't go back and just try to beat him all up over the head because of his life and lifestyle. And you have to think about this. Now, you all used to go out together and go to the club or go dancing and go partying and doing all that stuff like that. Now, you don't do that no more if you go to the light of the world. You used to drink right along with him. Y'all used to take taking shots together. But now you don't do that. Or do you? <laughs> Y'all used to do all that stuff together. Now, not only did you got saved, he kind of lost his partner that used to go out and do things with him like that. He's grieving. He's lost you. Okay? And then some of y'all get so holy, you, you don't, you don't want to make love no more hardly. Well, let me go to the next point I had here. <laughs> Peter's point here is that the wife's godly behavior is the most valuable testimony to open the husband's heart to the gospel. Your godly behavior. Because you know what? Uh, our family members know more about our godly behavior or ungodly behavior than anybody. All he's going to do is start talking about you now. You, now, now you act like you're such a Christian now. You come here and you act like this. You, uh, you still cussing me out. You won't cook. You fussing all the time. Uh, what you learning up there at that church? Uh, he's not going to want what you've got if that's the way it is. How a believer lives in their most intimate relationships 
help make the grace of God believable. A lovely, gracious, submissive attitude is the most effective evangelistic tool believing wives have. So he says, secondly, by observing the purity and the reverence of our life. When you see the purity and the reverence of your life, your life change and you're, you're holy, you're pure, you're gentle, and the fruit of the Spirit has been produced in your life. So your husband will become your greatest critic if your lifestyle is not consistent with your profession of faith. Look at what Paul wrote to Titus in chapter 2, verse 3. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so no one will malign the Word of God. This is Jerry G. Martin. I certainly hope you've enjoyed this message as we have begun a series to speak to the heart of men. And we began by sharing with you from the scriptures what God says to the husband and to the wives in their relationship one with another. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our website at lowcf.org. I am inviting every man or every male to come and be our guest on this Sunday, February 11th. I know the country is getting ready for the big Super Bowl game, but we're going to have a football Sunday where we're going to share the message and the love of Jesus Christ in the context of football. I want you to come. If you have played football in middle school, high school, college, or professional, I want you to be my guest. We're going to pray for you whether you've played in the past or you're playing currently. Join us, and we're going to ask God's blessings and goodness and favor over you. Wear your favorite team jersey and then stay around after service and we're going to have a tailgate out in our parking lot. That will be food, fun, and fellowship. It will be no cost to you. I want you to join us this Sunday, February 11th at 10 a.m. We're at 16161 Old Umble Road. Come on out and be my guest. You will not regret it. God has something in store for you. Now let me mention that the Beacon Bookstore is right here on our campus at the light of the world. If you need Sunday school supplies, communion supplies, books, Bibles, and any kind of resource, you can call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.